The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Bet $100 and get $100 at winbet.com or download the WinBet app and start winning today. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Final Four Watch Party. This Saturday, sweat out your bets and win prizes with Ryan, Sean, and Colby over on YouTube.com slash Sports Gambling Podcast. All right, we are back for part two of the NBA Gambling Podcast for the Tuesday games. Let's get right into the action here for the next game on the schedule, gentlemen. We have the Charlotte Hornets. They are in Oklahoma City tonight to take on the Thunder. The sign opened up in favor of the Thunder at minus nine. That number is now at minus ten and a half. Total opened up at 231. That number has been bet down to 230. Looking at the injury report for both of these teams um, for the Charlotte Hornets, I am currently seeing Gordon Hayward is doubtful for tonight. Kelly Oubre Jr. is questionable, and Terry Rozier is out tonight for the Charlotte Hornets. For the Oklahoma City Thunder, SGA is questionable tonight, and that is only the pretty much significant injury for the Oklahoma City Thunder. So pretty clean injury report except for the questionable tag on SGA for the Thunder. Uh, Scott, lead us off with this game. Currently seeing the Thunder laying 10.5 points against the Charlotte Hornets. So I've mentioned this over the course of the year that when Hayward does not play, Charlotte is basically an auto fit. However, there's no way in hell I'm laying 10 and a half with the Thunder. <laughs> they couldn't even cover against the Portland team that's actively tanking on the season. They almost lost that game. That was a dangerous moment there for OKC. They held on, so they got the job done. But I don't trust them as a big favorite here. OKC has been very good at home recently, but I do think that this number's a bit high. My question for you is, even though the offense is limited for Charlotte with Hayward being out, are they? do they have a better chance of winning if Oubre plays or doesn't play? If he plays. You think so? Yeah. Uh, I'm a pretty I don't think anti-Kelly Oubre guy. That's why I'm asking. I like Oubre. I wish he, that he there score. was. I think he's a net negative, but, you know. If there was a prop where there was, like, few goal attempts, I would, like, just yeah, pound that's what I'm saying. Oubre <laughs> every single game. But um, answer your question, I don't know. I think that – I think, though, I mean, with him, I think at least – They'll benefit with him, and especially with Gordon Hayward not playing here tonight and Terry Rose. you got to get the score. They need from someone somewhere. who can score, but I'm just yeah. saying, let's just say I'm not a big Kelly Oubre guy because the volume's insane for a relatively average player. But yeah. anyway, I like Charlotte in the spot. A lot of teams have rolled over. I just mentioned Portland. I think Utah's been rolling over. Washington's been rolling over. San Antonio should be in the G League right now. This is just embarrassing for San Antonio. Charlotte. <laughs> Houston with them. Yeah, well, you, well, Houston's been competitive here and there. They give Memphis a run for their money a couple of times. But I do think Charlotte is the opposite. They've actually become competitive because a lot of teams expect them to roll over and they think they have a free win on the schedule. But Charlotte's been playing hard. Defensively, they've been very good for the last month or two. Yeah. And they beat Dallas twice over the weekend. I know Dallas stinks, but still, they were double digit underdogs in both those games and they won uh, both those games. But Dennis Smith Jr., Fighting for a roster spot. 
Svee Mikhailuk fighting for a roster spot. They got young centers who are trying to get more minutes. This team is actually kind of embracing the extra playing time that they have, and they've been very prideful with their minutes, and I feel like that's definitely a good sign for Charlotte that they're playing hard despite having nothing to play for, and I think that makes them a dangerous team when you're getting double-digit points all the time, and I think that with Charlotte being competitive over the weekend, with OKC struggling to put away a really awful Portland team last game. I know that OKC is back home, but it was a pretty long road trip. And I know we've mentioned before that teams tend to struggle in their first home game back after a long road trip. Mm -hmm. This spread seems a little bit large to me. Now, I saw it in the comments section. I'm all over Nick Richards' props because they already announced that they're going to be rotating the three centers for the rest of the season. And Mark Williams is out for this game which means that Nick Richards and Kai Jones are going to be getting the reps at center. I don't know if you've watched Kai Jones play. He's he's horrible. Uh, I think Richards <laughs> should play 30-plus points. Kai Jones, he's a good athlete. He's he's not ready for the NBA. He's, he's not good enough. Richards should get a bunch of minutes. OKC doesn't play a center. I love Richards' props here. I'm hoping Charlotte does what they did against Dallas, which is dominate on the glass, win the rebounding battle by about 15, and win the game. I think they got a shot to win the game, actually. But I'm going to take the 10.5. I don't trust OKC laying this many points against a young team that is actually looking forward to playing out the rest of the season. I'm taking Charlotte plus the points. Can we imagine like two, three years ago that we would see the Oklahoma City Thunder laying 10.5 points in an NBA game? Right. Uh, When was the last time OKC actually covered a 10.5 spread? Like when Durant was there, when Westbrook was winning an MVP? Probably maybe when Westbrook and Paul George were there. Maybe. No, that, yeah, probably Westbrook and Paul George. It's a good yeah, point. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, Delonte, what do you got? Yeah, I like Charlotte as well. Um, they number. I think they're the number one defense since the All Star break, if I'm not mistaken, rating wise. They're up uh, there. Yeah. Yeah, I'll look it up. Yeah, I think that they're top ten for sure. Uh, in the last ten games, they defend the rim well. So a lot of the rim, a lot of the slashers that Oklahoma City has, that'll be uh, negated a little bit. And like Scott said, they're returning home from Oklahoma City's returning home from that West Coast trip. I usually like to fade teams uh, if matchup wise, yep. you know, calls for it uh, when teams are returning home. They failed to cover in three straight games. Uh, they're, you know, we all know that they're really good ATS, but a lot of that is as an underdog and you know a small favorite if if at best. But I like what's, the way they favorite record. Aren't they horrible as a favorite this year? Uh, I think this. I think the they Thunder. are. Yeah, yeah aren't they, they horrible in their favorite? favorite? Uh, let me see if I can. Find uh, as a home favorite, they're actually thirteen and five against the spread. Uh, okay. Oh, not for the full season. Uh, full season as a favorite. I, I don't know how often they'd be up. favored on the road, though, so that might not change much. But let me look. I, at really, it. thirteen and five? I yeah, I didn't that. think it was. I didn't think it was that good either. I, I thought they started off the year poorly. Maybe they just caught fire as a home favorite lately. But my bad. No, no, you're good. And I just like the way Charlotte's playing. Like you said, they got those young guys. They're playing hard. They're more importantly, Yeah, more importantly, they're playing defense. I mean, like that's the one thing that you got. You got to do as a young guy if you want to make a impact on the team you got to play defense that usually gets the coach's attention and that's what they've been doing um now their offense has been struggling a bit as of late um they're 30th in points per possession offense and effective field goal percentage but once you're playing that hard defensively you're going to get some turnovers uh you're going to get some putbacks i don't know why mark williams is being rotated he's like 19 years old why i don't understand why he's not playing every minute they're just play. trying to evaluate everybody they know kai jones is probably the weakest link but since they got nothing to play for they're just test. They're giving minutes to all the young centers to see who they're probably going to get rid of. 
Yeah, I guess so. But it's I gonna would, be Kai Jones. Just I would want to have yeah, I would want to have my lottery pick playing as much as possible, to be honest. But I mean, I get it. Uh, you don't want to like win uh, and you know stun his growth or whatever. But whatever. Just I like Charlotte here. I played nine on the on the open. It's a bad number. It's ten and a half now. I don't think Gordon Hayward's worth a point and a half. We already knew Rozier and likely Ubre might be out, so I don't think he's worth one and a half, to be honest. Um, but still, I I love Charlotte here. Uh, I know we're going to pivot to the um, to the total later, but I like the under also. Yeah, so I was looking it up. Under are actually thirteen and five as a home favorite. That's the best in the league as far as home teams go at a cover percentage. But on the road, uh, as a road favorite, they are one and five. Is what okay, I okay. So saw. that's probably what I thought. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm with Charlotte here as well. I think this again too many points for. The Oklahoma City Thunder. I was trying to see if they've ever been favored this season by um, that many points. But what were they favored um, against Portland? Like, isn't that going to be the closest? They were like, got. I want to say they were like, it was close Eight. to ten, wasn't it? Close right, to 10. seven. I th- I know they didn't cover the game. Let me see. Hold on. Thunder. I'm just going. I have it in front of me. Let me just pull it up quickly. Uh, so Thunder against Portland in their last game were favored by exactly ten and a half. Yeah. And that was on the road uh, as well, right? So, yeah, yeah. give me Charlotte here. Um, I think Charlotte first quarter money line might be a play here tonight. Um, to answer your question, Delonte, since the All-Star game, or sorry, All-Star break, uh, Charlotte is actually number two. They probably got, uh, they were probably number one before the Pelicans jumped them. I'm thinking yeah, it was okay. last night after what, the against Portland. But sense. yeah, they're, they're yeah, one of the better teams. So yeah, Charlotte for me as well. Uh, Delonte, take us to the total. Yeah, I like the under. Um, Charlotte's actually played in five straight unders, uh, and we we you know uh, went ahead about their, their. We talked about their defensive ability and how those guys are buying in to to what the coaching staff wants them to do. Uh, Oklahoma City, I, I'm not liking what I'm seeing from their offense. I think I mentioned this uh, over the weekend. They're like a bit stagnant with SGA. Like ISOs are just watching him, like dribble like on like Kyrie and and uh and Luca. To not be sure fair, my... what other threats do they actually have on offense? I mean <laughs> I mean fair. maybe not, but I think they I think they would be better suited in running. I mean they got weapons with Joe and Jalen Williams and Giddy to a lesser extent. Now of course none of those guys can score like SGA, but I think they'd be better suited in getting some of those guys like looks because they honestly look better like ball movement wise, like when SGA is, you know, not dominating the ball. That's just from my eye test perspective from what I've been watching. I, I watch a lot of their games and like when he's in, you know, they give him the ball, of course, rightfully so. I mean he's a great offensive player. I just think that it's it's been a little bit more dependent on him scoring rather than them as a team working offensively. So um but yeah I like the under here. Both defenses have been playing at elite level. I don't think Charlotte has enough to score Probably they probably won't even score 105, 106. And I think Oklahoma City is probably in that 108, 109 range. So uh, I like the under here. Uh, Scott, what do you got for the total? I'm on the under as well. I think Charlotte's gonna keep this competitive, but I know I know they can't score. So I'm expecting this right. to go one yeah. way. I think it's gonna be a bit of a rock fight. Hoping OKC struggles after the West Coast trip. Maybe they struggle early on. Mm-hmm. I like your mention before of Hornets first quarter, maybe first half. Even in these wins recently at home, because I know OKC is on a bit of a run here at home, they've really not been good in the first half of games. If you just look through the recent results here, uh, and they've had to come from behind a couple of times there at home. Uh, Ended up beating Phoenix last time at home by four. They trailed at half, and they had to come back. 
played the Nets the game prior, also trailed at half, had to come back. The team's been good down the stretch, but the problem is in the first half, they get off to a bit of a slow start on a regular basis. And Charlotte's been pretty good at kind of jumping out and surprising teams. I like Charlotte first half here. And for a full game, I like the points, but I don't mind Charlotte first half money line, first quarter money line, because I do think that Charlotte early on can surprise teams with their defensive intensity. As the game goes on, the offensive struggles are going to be so noticeable that OKC might come back. But early on, it wouldn't surprise me if OKC kind of just stays on autopilot defensively, gives up a 30-point quarter, and Charlotte defensively kind of holds their own. You mentioned, Delonte, that OKC's offense can be a bit problematic at times. The problem is I don't know how many people on the team can actually shoot. Joe's a very good shooter. I don't think he plays enough. I think he's a good enough shooter to shoot more. You have both Jalen Williamses, who are more pick-and-roll options. They don't really shoot much from the outside. They do a little bit. And Giddy, I like as a player, but he can't really shoot. He's shooting 33% from three. He's really not a good outside shooter. They don't have many good floor spacing options. And with Richards patrolling the paint, I think they actually have some rim protection to combat some of that. So I like Charlotte early on in this game. Yeah, I was going to take uh, – oh, sorry. I was looking up the numbers for Charlotte, uh, the first quarter numbers for both these teams over the last 10 games. Oklahoma City's dead last as far as offensive rating uh, in the first quarter, 101.6. And uh, if just for – uh, reference 29, but they have a rating of 106.1. So it's about close to a four and a half point difference as far as rating from 29 to 30 where Thunder are. They also have a 116.5 rating in the uh, first quarter as far as defense goes and an uh, overall net rating of minus 14.9. So, um, and we saw Charlotte, like we mentioned, I know it was with Gordon Hayward in the lineup, uh, but they came out in both of those games against Dallas and won both of those first quarters as heavy underdogs. So I think this is a, a similar situation for them. As far as the total, I'm with you guys on the under as well. Talked about uh, Charlotte's defense since all-star break, and in particular over the last five to ten games, they're still consistently in that top five, top ten range as far as defense goes. OKC right at league average around 116.5 Um as far as defensive rating as well over the last 10 games. I'm sorry, they're number eight, actually, over the last 10 games as far as defense. So with the struggling offense, we've seen it, like you guys talked about, without Gordon Hayward, they're just not able to produce many points. This looks like a very high number at 230, so I'm going with the going with the under as well. Um, player props in this game, Delonte, lead us off. Yeah, I don't like any player props in this game, to be honest with you. Okay. Uh, Scott, what do you got? I'm on Nick Richards. I bet it on the overnight. I got him double-double. At around plus 135, that's down to plus 115 or so. He better get there. I've been (laughs) praising Nick Richards for months. They finally gave him the green light, and he's against an OKC team with no center as one of the worst rebounding teams in the league. That's kind of why I'm also hoping Ubre doesn't play, because I need more shots. (laughs) I want Richards to get a lot of shot attempts, which I'm not sure he's going to get. But anywhere near the rim, he should be able to have a mismatch. And he's a pretty good free throw shooter. He's shooting like 74%. So I think that double-double is worth a look there for Richards. I don't mind rebounds as well if you want to take that solo. So I like that. Dennis Smith Jr. assists have been very good. And he's kind of been a solid point guard lately. I'm not sure he's going to get a double-double, but he's been very good at facilitating. I don't mind that. Maybe Mikhailuk threes if you want to look for a three-point option especially with you know Hayward being out and the guys they're missing. Mikhailuk has gotten a bigger run or a larger, um, a larger role with this team lately. So I think he might be worth a look there. 
I'm just pulling up the three-point numbers for Mikhailo because I know that he's basically there for three-point shooting. Uh, last couple of games, one three three two, so wasn't as good as I thought it was, but I think he's got an opportunity. P.J. Washington is a player who I don't think is very good, but the usage is through the roof lately, so I wouldn't mind maybe P.J. Washington props because he takes a ton of shots for a pretty mediocre basketball player. I don't mind the over for him, assuming that Oubre is not going to take 20 shots in his first game back, but P.J. Washington's maybe worth a look if you think he's going to keep getting 17 shot attempts per game. Yeah, I know P.J. Washington the last two games. Okay, it was against Dallas, but uh, I was watching the game, the first game in Dallas. I, I think he might have had a little extra pep in his step because he grew up in the Dallas mm-hmm. area. So mm-hmm. um, maybe something there. But again, without Gordon Hayward, like we mentioned here tonight, and possibly uh, Kelly Oubre Jr. not playing here tonight, that I think P.J. Washington is probably going to be that guy that gets up the shot attempts as well. Um, against the Thunder earlier this season, he did have 25 points in that game did pj washington but also do like the look of dennis smith uh jr's uh assist here tonight as well so uh, agreement there uh, as far as um player props and again you mentioned nick richards as well uh scott i would i i feel like i'm gonna ladder his rebounds here tonight um maybe up to like 13 or 14 here tonight because again we've he been should play 30 minutes he should. He should at minimum, yeah. Um, but even with the guys like that, they do have out, right? Like, I could still see a world where he, even if it is a blowout for the Thunder, that they still have Nick Richards in the game playing at that center position, whether it, it's him or or who's the other guy that we mentioned? Kai Jones. Yeah, Kai Jones. But yeah, they're again, they are compromised here. Are the Charlotte Hornets? Uh, you have anything else for this game, guys? I don't matter. Yeah, the Hornets team total under. I don't hate it. Don't hear. Yeah, I don't think it's a lower pace, lower pace game, limited possessions that usually uh, bodes well for both team totals to go under. I think I'd rather yep. lean OKC team total under because if I'm picking the Hornets to cover, I don't want to bet against the team that I'm picking to cover the spread. I think I'd rather hope that their defense holds their own. Yep. Uh, all right. Anything else for this game, guys? No, that's it. No. Nope. All right, let's go. Let's move on to the next game here. <clears throat> Excuse me. We have the Orlando Magic. Uh, they are headed to Memphis to take on the Grizzlies in this matchup. Uh, currently, this line opened up in favor of the Memphis Grizzlies at minus eight and a half. That number's now at minus seven consensus. Total open up at 234. That number's been bent down to 229. Looking at the injury report for both of these teams, start here with Orlando. Pretty clean injury report. Jonathan Isaac continues to be out for the Magic. For the Memphis Grizzlies, John Morant is doubtful here tonight. I believe they're holding him out tonight. Uh, in anticipation for tomorrow night. Steven Adams continues to be out. Brandon Clark continues to be out as well. And Zaire Williams is also out for this game for the Memphis Grizzlies with the right foot slash ankle soreness. Um, let's start with the side here. Delonte, lead us off with this game. Memphis right now laying seven points against the Orlando Magic. Yeah, the the movement on the, the number probably is like warranted because Memphis is so good without job. Like, Imagine if star player, any other play, any other team star players out, the line moves way more than a point and a half. And they're against, home. Right. Against a team who's covered six in a row and who's on fire covering numbers, 21 and 16 ATS on the road. The defense is playing extremely well, allowing under 110 points in three of the last five games. I've been really impressed with what Orlando's been doing. Now, offensively, they still have a lot to be desired. Uh, still bottom five in points per possession offense. Uh, they don't have any shooters, 24th and effective field goal percentage offense. They rely a lot on getting to the line, 
uh, and Memphis doesn't foul. So I was hoping Elon dropped a little more. I was going to play Memphis either way. Uh, I think it's a bad matchup for for Orlando. I think Memphis wins by like 15, 20. They're just on a roll as of late. And if you haven't, go get those Memphis futures because I think they're I think they're going to be one of the teams that comes out of the list uh, since Ajah's been back 125 plus in four of the last five games or three of the last five games. I'm sorry, and they're just a machine right now. They've uh, they've won six in a row, covered three, pushed once. Uh, I think it's a home run spot for Memphis here, so I'll lay the points with Memphis. Uh, this season at home without John Morant, seven and one straight up, but just four and four against the uh, spread, four three and one towards the over uh, for the Grizzlies without John Morant. Um, Scott, what do you got? For me, I think I'm going to lean Memphis as well. I thought about taking Orlando because I really do like what I've seen from that team. The problem is this team is still not exactly great at three point shooting. Not just because of Boncaro, by the way, just in general. They don't have many great three-point shooters. And that's a problem because Memphis does have Jaron Jackson Jr. They have a lot of good rim protectors. And if they can funnel, you know, they can protect the middle and force Orlando to shoot a bunch of jumpers, I don't like Orlando's chances. And I feel like that's going to be the defensive game plan for Memphis. Meanwhile, Memphis offensively can come at you in so many ways. I think that they can end up overwhelming Orlando's defense by the amount of options they have. Delonte mentioned it, but I mentioned it on VSIN a week ago, too. I, I think Memphis has a good chance to come out of the West, and I feel like they've been disrespected because of all the sideshow activities with Ja and how they were awful without Adams initially and, you know, the Dylan Brooks stuff. I, I get it. You know, they're not a fun team to root for. A lot of people hope they're going to lose in the playoffs because they can't stand them. But you're looking at the team's roster. Are they, like, the most versatile team in the league are they up there? Yes. It feels that way. I think they could give yes. Denver serious problems because of how many different guys they have in the middle and how they can switch up lineups and how good they are even when Jaws not in the lineup. Their bench unit's very solid. So I actually like Memphis as well to have a serious chance to come out of the West. But for the sake of this matchup, I think they'll do a good enough job to protect the paint, and I think they'll force Orlando to shoot a bunch of jumpers, and Orlando is not really that good at shooting jumpers. I think it's a little bit weird that based on how good Orlando's playing, they're still getting seven. So it seems kind of trappy to dare you to take Orlando in a way. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to take Memphis. Orlando's been good, but they are still only 13 and 24 straight up on the road. I'm going to lean to Memphis here. I'll keep backing them at home. Memphis uh, Memphis and non-conference home games this season, 12 and two straight up, nine, four and one against the spread, seven, six and one to the under. Um, average win is around 11.1 points. Um, yeah, I think we've talked about it a lot with the Memphis Grizzlies. Like, what well, at home with or without John Moran, they've just been really good. Reggie pointing out when the Grizzlies are favored by six or more points, 20 and one straight up, 13 and eight against the spread. So, um, I want to see who they're playing tomorrow because I know they're on a back-to-back here. Uh, let's see. They have the Clippers coming to town, but I don't know. I don't. Th- I'm, I'm, but I don't Jaws going to play in that game, so that's kind yeah. Of but I don't want to say it was like a look ahead for the um, for the Memphis Grizzlies here tonight, but I'll lean with the Grizzlies here again at home. Uh, I can't argue against that. Um, Let's go over to the total. Delonte, what do you got there? That number is currently sitting at uh, 231. Yeah, I'm kind of like torn uh, on the total. I'd much rather the Memphis team total over than than anything. 
I don't think Orlando will be able to have success in transition, which is where they're best at against the Memphis defense, who's top five defending transition. So I guess I would lean to the under full game, but Memphis team total over. Uh, Scott, what do you got? Yeah, I'm going to lean to the over in this one. I don't feel great about it because I just mentioned how Memphis's defense could create problems for Orlando's offense. But you're looking at Memphis's scoring numbers lately, and the team's been going nuts. I think you could see a bunch of points for Memphis as well for the team total. But the last game, 242. Game before that, 265. Scored 151 against Houston. Scored 130 against Houston the game prior. I see a bunch of points. At home, they've been so good at home. Uh, just with with their offense. I'm going to go with the over. I think you'll see a lot of points from Memphis in particular. Yeah, um, Orlando's number one team towards the over in non-conference games this season, 20 and 9 at 69%. Uh, Memphis, not too far down the list, 15, 11, and 1 uh, to the over non-conference games, 57.7%. Um, so yeah, I'll lean with the over in this game as well. I think uh, – I do like that Memphis team total as well uh, to go over here tonight against the Magic. Uh, player prop, Scott, looking at anything? Uh, Tyus Jones, double-double. I feel like it's always worth a look when Jaws not in the lineup. We know that he's a very good facilitator, very good point guard. I think he could start on some teams. I think he's that good. So I'd probably look for Tyus Jones, double-double. I think that he's extremely unselfish. He'll be able to find teammates. And I do think he'll have a pretty good game here. I'm trying to think if I wanted to make a case for any overs for points for Memphis. Maybe I thought about Bain, but offensively, his his points props have been inflated. I don't think I'm going to take that. Jaron Jackson's a bit too inconsistent for me. I'm not going to make a Dylan Brooks case again. That was a one-time thing against Golden State, which got there. I'm just going to go with Tyus Jones' assists. I think he's got a good spot for a double-double. Plus 205 right now, I see, for his double-double. It's a good uh, price for a guy yeah. who's probably going to play 30 minutes if it's not a blowout. Yeah. Uh, Lante player props. I like Darren Jackson Jr. to have a big game. Uh, the interior outside of Wendell Carter is kind of weak, so uh, I think Darren Jackson Jr., who's been playing really well offensively as of late, uh, I think he has a big game, uh, points, rebounds, and assists. Darren Jackson, I was looking at his double double right now, is at plus 340. Darren Jackson, yeah, oh, yeah, I'll give me the that. arguments yeah. that he never tries to rebound as much yeah, as he should. That's the only thing yeah, that makes I, me nervous. I'll take I'll take a flyer on that plus three forty. He did have ten rebounds against the Rockets in one game earlier matchup against the Magic this season. He dropped thirty one in that game. That was back on January fifth. Thirty one points and ten rebounds. So, I th- what is this points prop at? I think that might be worth a ladder here. Tonight. I think it's seventeen and a half, if I'm not mistaken. The concern about the rebounds for Jackson though is he had ten against Houston, but that game landed two fifty five. So you need like a yeah. massive amount of pace to get more possessions for him to record those rebounds. Yeah, now I'm looking at his game log. He hasn't had a double double since like that Houston game. He hadn't had one since Jesus. It's been a really really long time. Yeah. January eleventh. Oh wow. Yeah. So maybe I see why it's two. I'll see why it's three forty. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. And even the 14th, he had 10 rebounds. He just only had nine points. So, yeah, it's, it's been a long time. He's had one double-double in, like, two or three months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't see his alt points either. I was probably going to ladder that up to around 25 or 30, but I'll try to dig that up. Um, anything else for this game, guys? Nope. I don't have much. All right, let's get over. Oh, you got some, Scott? No, I was, I was going to wonder if you wanted to make a case for, like, Markel Fultz. Um. Just yeah, I mean, I don't hate it. He's been playing pretty well for Magic. Let's take a look here. So, last five games, he's averaging 15.4 points, 
assists have been there. I think that assists is where we probably want to look at. 7.2 assists per contest. Did have nine assists against the Memphis Grizzlies in the earlier matchup this season. Also two steals in that game as well. So um, let me see what his assists are at right now. I think the only concern I have for Fultz, which is why I kind of decided to stay away at the end, was the fact that Jalen Suggs is back in the lineup. And that's another guard that they have to worry about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No offense to Suggs because I... He ended up making me some money on that bank sh- that bank shot against UCLA in college, and he was one of my favorite college players at the time. He really has not been good in the pros, and I think you make it a serious argument that they're better without him. Can I say that? I think yeah, just have a log jam at that guard position, do. man. I I, do. I don't know what it is. Do you think they they're better so without him? Because when you when they give Fultz and Anthony more minutes, I feel like this team runs a bit smoother. I'm not sure what Suggs is doing on offense. I don't know, I'm not a Cole Anthony guy. I don't oh, damn, I'm not I a big am. fan of him either, but I think I that am. in the smaller complimentary guard role, he can give you something. Suggs is kind of like a jack-of-all-trades and a master of nothing. I'm not yeah. sure what he really does well besides hustle. Does he really do much well? I mean, if you hustle in the NBA, you're going to be uh, in the coach's, uh, coach's chair right next to him. Ask putting Pat you out, out there. Yeah. I'm just saying, so Suggs is back, which might take some minutes away from Fultz, so I think I'm staying away from him. But I at least wanted to bring him up because he has been good and productive. Yeah. All right, last game of the night, gentlemen. We have the New Orleans Pelicans. They are getting to the Bay Area to take on the Golden State Warriors here tonight. Uh, This line opened up in favor of the Warriors, minus nine. That number is now up to minus, sorry, down to minus eight and a half. Total open about 234. Uh, Consensus right now is 234 and a half. Do see some 235s popping up. Uh, Looking at the injury report for both of these teams, for the uh, Golden State Warriors, Draymond Green is probable. Andre Iguodala continues to be out. Uh, Jordan Poole is probable as well. Uh, Pelicans did play last night, so no injury report submitted for them yet. But again, I think that everybody should be a go because no starters really played in that fourth quarter because it was a blowout against the Blazers uh, last night for the Pelicans. Um, Let's start with the side here, guys. Uh, Minus eight and a half. Delonte, why don't you lead us off with the Warriors hosting the Pelicans? Yeah, I'm out on the Warriors. Uh, I've I've come to. Welcome aboard. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done with him. Yeah, I, I can't. I watched that. Did you guys watch that Timberwolves game? Of course, yeah. I did. It's pathetic. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm out on him. I can't. I can't do it. Uh, I love Steph. So I'm sorry, Steph. I can't. If you're watching this, I'm sorry. I can't do it. They, they just too lackadaisical, like dumb turnovers. They can't rebound. They, it's just so much wrong with them right now. And this was at home. Like, I mean, so they, we know their road and their home and road dichotomy is, is big, but. At home, you don't expect those mistakes. I mean, they've had they went down and had a possession where or had like three straight possessions where they turned the ball over with no pressure or anything. Like so, I'm out on them. Like I I can't do it. Uh, I don't I can't lay this amount of points. Pelicans are playing well. They won and covered the last five games. Uh, they do struggle on the road, but that's you know a totality thing. As of late, they've been playing extremely well. The defense and offense have both looked. Really good. Now, some of that scheduling, you know, some of the teams that they've been playing, and we all seen them obliterate Portland last night. Uh, Brandon Ingram has been playing extremely well. Uh, Jonas had 21 rebounds last night, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, 10 points, 21 rebounds, and 30. Yeah, so he's going to dominate again tonight against the front line of uh, of the Warriors. The um, uh, was it? Gobert had a really good game on the glass last uh, last night. Him, Nas Reed, and for whatever reason, Nas Reed turns into Kevin Garnett whenever he sees the Warriors on the schedule. Uh, but, yeah, man, I, I like the Pelicans here. 
I'm out on the Warriors. I just wanted to let the world know that I'm done with the Warriors. Scott? I've been out on the Warriors for about two months, so it feels good the more hosts are starting to move and f- move towards my side. I think Terrell's holding out on me, though, so that's the one that's gotten away. We'll, we'll see if we can convert him uh, to the <laughs> anti-Golden State Church. But I'm going to lean to New Orleans here. I can't trust the Warriors laying eight and a half points. I, I understand scheduling spot-wise. You know, New Orleans is traveling. It's a back-to-back. I get it. Valanchunas played 30 minutes. No other starter played more than, I think it was 25. Uh, sorry. Uh, so, Trey Murphy played 28. So, that was where it kind of topped out for the starters. But they were winning comfortably. That didn't really matter. Uh, but the point is, New Orleans has a length. They should dominate on the glass. Golden State turns the ball over a ton. They always did, even when they were winning games. But the point yeah, is, the sure. three-point shooting made up for it. It's this worse, year, man. though, you're looking at what this team has struggled with. And they don't have the same bailout shot makers that they've been able to get away with in years past. And Clay is a big reason for that. I've roasted Clay for the entire year. He had a couple of big games, which I said was going to happen. And he played well when Curry was out of the lineup because he needed to step up. But you're looking at Clay and how he's played this season. Even the quote unquote contest on that cat three pointer to take the lead where Clay didn't even bother to put a hand up on him. Contest? I just, he backed up. He was looking at him. It was, like, it was awful. And you yeah, can say, well, he was trying to protect damn. the rim from who? Rudy Gobert running down the lane? Like, no, I mean, like, he should have contested the three pointer. You'd rather but give up the two. Like, it's, it's a tight game. Like, but the point is, game. you're looking at Curry. We know Curry's great. So he's still doing Curry things. Pools. I really just can't get behind Poole because I said it a couple of months ago and I called it Jordan Clarkson syndrome. He can only go at 100 miles an hour. He can't slow down. Like he has to play at one pace and he plays too fast all the time. And as a result, he's extremely indecisive. There's a lot of questionable decisions that he makes throughout the entire game. And we saw that he hit the big three-pointer in that Minnesota game. Then he immediately turned the ball over the next possession. And then it seems like through through the entire game, you really can't trust him because he can either A, take a bunch of really dumb shots, which he's capable of doing, or he turns the ball over a bunch. But he doesn't actually slow down when he needs to. And as a result, I think he messes up the overall just rhythm of this team. So I'm not a big pool guy. Draymond can't shoot. Draymond offensively is a complete liability, and I just don't even mention. I didn't even mean the turnover at the end of the game when they had a foul to give, so he wouldn't have even gone to the line if they fouled him. So the whole thing didn't make any sense. But Draymond can't shoot; he gives you nothing basically offensively. And Clay, I mentioned before, at this stage in his career, he's a streaky three-point shooter. That's it. He still takes a bunch of contested shots that he shouldn't be taking. But the point is, I don't think Golden State shot selection is very good as an overall team. And defensively, since Clay is nowhere near the player he used to be and Wiggins is still out indefinitely, they can't guard anybody. So I see a lot of flaws with this team. And as a result, I'm going to take New Orleans because I think that their length can give serious problems to Golden State. They're playing good basketball. Who's supposed to guard Brandon Ingram on this team, for example? Who's supposed <laughs> to guard him? You're going to throw Draymond on him? Yeah. I'm saying then you got Valanchunas in the middle rebounding, and Herb Jones can at least pressure somebody on ball, make life difficult for at least one of Golden State shooters. If I'm Golden, if I'm New Orleans, I put Herb Jones on Jordan Poole because Poole's going to try to get his no matter what, and he's going to turn the ball over a bunch. Curry's going to do Curry things coming off of every screen imaginable. I'd put Herb Jones on Poole and let Poole self-destruct. 
but I'm on New Orleans. I kind of just ranted a lot because a lot of what I've seen has really just amplified as the season has progressed. Give me New Orleans. I think they got a shot to win the game. Yeah. Before you go, Munaf, yeah. just to expand a little bit on Jordan. Like I, I said this like last year. I mean, obviously not up here, but I was talking to a, a bunch of people, and like Jordan Poole is, he's a front runner basically for this team. Like when things are going well, he plays extremely well. But when oh, he'll they hit need, the dagger three to put you right. up fifteen. Yeah, right. But when you are down seven, six or seven, and he's in the game with, like with Stephen Clay. He's not he he he's not effective at all. I think he has a negative plus minus with Steph on the court. How the hell can you have a negative plus minus with Steph Curry on the court? Because he wants to get his. Yeah. So I, I'm I've been out. Do on you Jordan agree with the Clarkson comparison? Clarkson's gotten better as the years have gone on in Utah. But when mm-hmm. he was just starting out as like a very high usage sixth man, he's just only looking for his shot all the time, and everything else is irrelevant. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've, I've been out on him for a while. Man, Any, anything bashing pool, I'm with it. Guys my are bad moon off. crazy. Who are the Pelicans beat uh, that have been really good? <laughs> Who the hell are the Warriors beat? Well, so when you say really good, does they're that mean good. you're qualifying Not the really Warriors good. as being really good. good? I mean, they're the defending champs. I mean, there was going to be some regression with this team. And again, when you're missing. Some regression. They're a playing team. I mean, look, they've been dealing with injuries, right? We saw Steph Curry in and out of this lineup. Uh, they're they missing their best Curry. defender. They're missing their best defender with Andrew Wiggins. He's dealing with his personal stuff. But I'll, I'll just throw this out there. For the record, uh, they were winning without Curry. Can we at least get that on record? What that is their percentage was actually I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. Curry. Like they had, they haven't. They they did have injury. I mean, Steph is a huge. Except the what top three player in the league. Yes, he is. But it. once again, they were winning without him. So I can't say that his injury is the reason why this team is struggling. Pelicans this season on the road in conference games against teams that are above 500 are 1 9 and 1 against the spread and 1 and 10 straight up. It's they just be two, nine and one. They just, <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they've just struggled. I mean, they don't play. Well, against teams that are above 500, I'll choose my words wisely there before you guys kill me. <laughs> um, I, I think, I, again, I, I think they bounce back here tonight to the Warriors. Again, we talked about Minnesota. Like, if you take a look ever since Cat came back, defensively, they've been really good. Uh, I know early on in the season, we talked about Cat and Gobert, that it was just working offensively, but. Uh, that was a that was a really good master performance by the by the Minnesota Timberwolves. And again, the the Warriors had the opportunity to win the game at the end, but if it wasn't for some bonehead turnovers. But again, on a back to back situation here for the Pelicans, man, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Warriors here. I feel like I'm gonna be the contrarian here and, and lay the points here with the Warriors. It might backfire for me. I'm sure by halftime or by end of three quarters, you guys are gonna be blowing up my my phone and saying, "I hate to say, I told you so." <laughs> but until I see this Pelicans team beat uh, a a team above 500, at least I, I gotta go. I'm gonna go with the Warriors here tonight. I think this is a good bounce back spot for them. The, the I told you so is gonna be so fun when Golden State wins by exactly eight points. <laughs> yeah, never true. in doubt. Can't believe you laid eight and a half with the Warriors. <laughs> like, do, do you have Golden State's numbers ATS when they're laying like a pretty decent number? Because I'm assuming they're horrible. Um, uh, I can try to dig that up. Uh, give me a second. I'm not sure if they'll give you an interval of nine or maybe it's ten plus. But I'm yeah, assuming Golden State is a hard. huge favorite. It's been horrible. It's kind of hard to find those like yeah specific spreads, especially with you know varying from book to book. I wasn't sure if it was accessible or not. I'm just curious because you mentioned the Pelicans being bad in conference or on the. I get all that. I'm just saying Golden State laying big numbers. I'm assuming you've been hemorrhaging money if you've been backing that. 
Uh, so let's see here. The line is one in more than half, nine. Whatever, whatever is the closest number you can find to that in your database. I think they're thirty-two and thirty-three straight up. Is what I'm looking. Or sorry, against the spread is what I'm looking at. Okay, that's overall. But I'm saying if you could somehow filter out laying a decent amount of points, I feel like they're probably really see. bad. Nine or more, they are, yeah, three and seven against the spread. Okay. Six it's actually not as bad as up. I thought it was going to be, but okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's for the season where they're laying uh, nine or more, so 10 or more points. Yeah, I get it. You're fading yeah. New Orleans because of their overall season numbers. I'm fading Golden State based on recent form and the fact that New Orleans, I don't want to say has turned a corner because I do acknowledge they've played weaker competition, mm-hmm. but maybe yeah. they got their confidence back. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's a possibility. Uh, we don't have to agree on every single game. That's why our fans tune in to listen to us go back and forth. Uh, all right, so let's get up to the total in this game, guys. Uh, Scott leaves off 234. This one's very tricky because I just roasted Golden State's defense, but New Orleans <laughs> has been very, very good defensively lately. So they also haven't played anybody. I think I'm going to lean under in this one. It seems a little bit high to me. The All three meetings this season have had less than 220. And the total's 234 and a half. Like the three games that they played, they're not even close to this number. I'm going to lean under. I think you'll see more of a defensive struggle. I think that with Herb Jones guarding whoever, and I don't know what Golden State's going to do defensively, but I'm, I'm hoping Kerr, or at least Golden State's defense has been a lot better at home than it has been on the road by a wide margin. Give me the under. When three meetings have gone under this number by double digits, I'm not going to blindly take the over. I got to go with the under in this game. Uh, Lante, what do you got for the total? Yeah, I'm on the under also. Uh, like you mentioned with the Pelicans defense, seven of the last ten that went under. I mean, some like us, like we both, I mean, like all three of us have been saying, the strength of schedule hasn't been the greatest, but got to give a little bit of credit to, to what the Pelicans have done. They could have pulled it on the season. Yeah, look, they're number one defensive rating over the last ten games. I mean, I'm not taking anything away from them. It's just like, yeah, yeah, I was, yeah, I wasn't saying. Yeah, that. I'm just saying, yeah. like some some of the some of the numbers they can be a little bit. You know, it could be some noise in there. Just depending. You know, on the who Pelicans are only half a game behind Golden State. They could actually jump Golden State for the seven. They they have a game in hand, but they can jump Golden State with a win here. Yeah. Now listen, uh, uh, and Zion's coming back next week. Is he? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. No, I thought it'll be reevaluated at some point next week because that's the only thing that ever happens with Zion. He just gets reevaluated over and over right. again. Yeah, but 22 of the 37 home games for uh, the Warriors have went under. So I think both defenses show up tonight. In stretches, I mean, Golden State will have stretches where they look like the, the champions from last year, but then they'll have stretches where they go one of 16 and turn the ball over five times. So like the Rockets. Right. Oh, no, nah, I probably look more like Spurs. <laughs> you want to so, lay eight and a half points of the team that you just compared to the Rockets? Uh, if this just was saying. on the road, if this oh, was on, on the road, road. <laughs> sorry, yeah, I yeah. misheard you. Okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I'm I'm only under here. Uh, I think the defenses both come out and, and play. The only thing that scares me is the Pelicans could really dominate the glass, like put back yeah. after put back. Like that's the only thing that scares me. And if they're efficient there, I'm not sure. Guard play from the Warriors. It could be a lot better. Um, and uh, Steph didn't play his best. Clay didn't either. So maybe a, a bounce back game for both of those guys. But Pelicans usually do a good job of defending the three. So um, I, I like the under here. But it does. Pel- I Pelicans are number one in the league, by the way, an opponent three-point percentage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, it's, it's going to be a good test here for the Pelicans to see. And if if you haven't, um, the Pelicans have like a top five broadcast, like home broadcast group. If you haven't watched any yeah. of games, like yeah, they're incredible. really good. I really yeah, like incredible. it. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, I'll leave with the under as well. I mean, um, 
like you guys mentioned, Pelicans defense really good over the last 10 games, even since the all-star break. Uh, Golden State uh, defensively, at least at home, has been better. But um, I think I feel like this is a lot of points here, 234. And again, if you look at the pace numbers as well, Golden State is at number five as far as pace goes, but shockingly, the efficiency hasn't really been there. Pelicans uh, pace number 16 to ride a slightly a hair below league average uh, as far as pace goes. So um, I think we'll see something similar to the Memphis game. Uh, sorry, the Minnesota game, not as not with the turnovers, but I think that we'll see good defense being played here tonight because and essentially you talked about it there, Scott, that. This is an opera. This is almost like a playoff game because if the Pelicans win, they'll leapfrog the Warriors in the standings mm-hmm. and go up uh, to number seven, possibly even number six, and be tied with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Right so, now, this is the matchup for the first play-in game. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So if if yeah, go, New Orleans wins here tonight, they'll get up to I think number seven, six. Yeah. If they win tonight, uh, they'll, they'll be tied be with six. Six. Well, yeah. they'll be tied with with Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota yeah, for yeah, six. yeah, yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. So, so do you think uh, uh-huh. the they Warriors... have a game in hand? They do have a game in hand over Minnesota. So you think yep. the Warriors are like trying to get back to that six spot so they can get uh, the Kings? I think they want to avoid the play-in. I don't think they. I don't think yeah, that if you're involved in the play-in, you should be already no, no, trying I mean this... to coordinate. But the six seed is uh oh oh the yeah so it would be three and six so it would be if they try if they get the six seed they would play Sacramento theoretically correct right? but I'm saying I think they want to get the six because they don't want to play an extra couple games in a play-in tournament I get you I get you I get you that's the most important thing the most important thing is to avoid the play-in and then after that you can worry about the seeding uh all right uh so total uh, player props uh Delonte lead us off. Uh, I don't have many Brandon Brandon Ingram everything points rebounds assists I would bet him if you don't like the the PRA number I probably would lean to the points and assists but the rebounds like we talked about Golden State has struggled rebounding um, now Valanciunas he can't get every rebound I mean uh, so Ingram's going to be down there banging as well so I, I like all Brandon Ingram props tonight uh, I would also look at Steph Curry overs I think he has a, a really good bounce back game tonight uh, Scott any player props. Uh, I'm, I'd have to look at Valanciunas uh, props here for rebounds. You'd think historically it probably wasn't that great against Golden State because they tried to abuse bigger centers who can't exactly move on the three-point line. But Valanciunas has killed this team over the past couple of years. He only played 23 minutes in the last meeting, but at 10 points, 13 rebounds. Uh, he had 8-6 and six game before that, 8-10. and 10. Games before that, though, he's absolutely killed this team. 20 and 15, 29 and 16, 19 and 15, 10 and 16, 31 and 19, 10 and 13. I think Valanciunas rebounds is the way to go here. I think he's going to have a good game. Besides that, I do think Curry's going to have a good game. I don't think New Orleans can really guard him. And once again, I think Herb Jones should focus more heavily on Jordan Poole. Because if Poole's going to have a bad game, he might shoot Golden State out of the game by himself. Mm. So I'd probably look for uh, Curry props here. I like him there. I'm trying to think if I like anybody else. Ingram, I have to like as well. You mentioned Ingram as well. Yeah. Um, Maybe Herb Jones under for points. He puts so much energy into defense. I don't think he's actually going to attempt many shots. But I think it's mostly just Ingram and Valanciunas and maybe a little bit of Curry in there. But... I do think that Valanchunas should have a massive game on the boards if he plays even 25 minutes. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I was looking at Clay's threes here tonight. It means I'd choose to have minus 150 for three and a half, but he's had some success shooting the three ball against the um, 
the Pelicans over his last three uh, career games. Uh, they did; these two teams did match up on March third or, or March third. I'm sorry, earlier this month, where the Warriors won exactly by nine points. Um, did Curry even play in that game? Curry did not play in that game. Scott, okay. are you going to come over to my side now for this game? No, I'm not. <laughs> what are you on the road? I was wondering. No, was I'm home. pretty sure Curry hasn't home? actually oh, okay. played against the Pelicans yet this season. Yeah, uh, it was a home game for the Warriors without okay. Steph Curry. Okay. Um, but I, I am going to mention that Valanciunas did not play in that game, so take that. Yeah. You know, Ingram, um, Ingram was there? Ingram was Ingram there. Ingram did play, didn't shoot played. well, but played 38 minutes. Yeah, that was ugly. They're using Willie Herman, Hernan Gomez as a center. I mean, come on. Yeah. Um, 108-99 was the final score in that game uh, without Steph Curry. Uh, all right, guys, anything else for this game? That's it. Oh, all right, before we get into our lock-in dog here for tonight, let me tell everyone about Shady Rays. Summertime is right around the corner, and it's still cold in some uh, parts of the country, so you need to head over to Shady Rays. They are, um, they've got you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and much more. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. Durable frames extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures that's not all shady rays offers the most insane protection all of eyewear every pair of sunglasses is backed by the lost and broken replacements if you lose or break your pair even on day one they told us that they will send you a brand new pair no questions asked wear your shady rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase with shady rays you can look good and feel good to date they have donated over 20 million meals to fight hunger with feeding america and if you don't love them just exchange them for a new pair or just simply return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. So exclusively for our listeners only, Shady Rays is giving their best deal of the new year. Go to ShadyRays.com and use promo code SGPN for 50% off of two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Again, ShadyRays.com, promo code SGPN for 50% off of two or more pairs of of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 200,000 people. All right, guys, let's get into our lock and dog for the games here tonight. Delante, lead us off with your bets here for tonight. Yeah, man, short and simple. Memphis minus seven. I think they win by doubles here, uh, 11 or 12 at the most. Uh, hopefully they coast going into the fourth quarter with a big lead. I don't think they'll be able to... I don't think Magic will be able to get out and transition and run, which is what they want to do best. Memphis puts a stop to that. I think they win by by doubles here at home. Uh, and for the dog, look, man, if I said I'm out on the Warriors, I, I got to put my money where my mouth is, so I'm going with New Orleans uh, plus the eight and a half. All right. Good luck with you because you're going to lose that. But, uh, <laughs> Scott, what do you got for your lock and dog? All right, so for my lock, I'm going to go with the Hawks team total over. Uh, I believe that number is around, what is it, like 118 and a half, 119 and a half? Uh, let me see here. For the Hawks? Yeah. Full game, I see, to 119 and a half. Yeah, so I'm going to take the over on that as my lock. I think the pace is going to be extremely, extremely just high, at least compared to what most people think. It mostly involves Cleveland being shorthanded defensively. And Jared Allen, we know, is a great rim protector. Now they're going to have to probably go smaller. Or they're going to have to use a backup center. And, of course, Allen's one of the best rim protectors in the league. Atlanta last meeting scored 136. And I do think that even though Atlanta defensively is a train wreck, 
I'll ignore that because I'm only taking the offense. But I do think at the end of the day, with Okoro being out, even though I'm not the biggest Okoro guy because I like having all five players on the court actually have offensive talent, Okoro is their best perimeter defender by a wide margin. And Atlanta does a pretty heavily, heavily uh, perimeter-oriented team. Whether it involves the Jonte Murray, whether it involves Trey Young, all the pick and rolls that they run, I think Cleveland's defense is going to be a mess today because of it, which is why money has come in on Atlanta to such a heavy degree. I'm going to go with the Atlanta team total over. I just think at the end of the day, you'll see a track meet, and I think Atlanta gets over 120 at home. All right, and what do you got for your dog? So my dog, I was tempted by the Hornets' full game money line, but I am concerned about their second-half offense and how OKC has been very good at coming from behind, especially late in games because we know Shea is a very good closer of games. Give me the Hornets' first half on the money line at plus 250. I see 250 is the best line right now. I'll take 250. But the point is, I think Charlotte can jump this team. Munaf mentioned before that the Thunder have the worst offensive rating in the first quarter, I believe. Mm -hmm. So I can see OKC struggling early on. Charlotte, once again, not a good team, but they try. And that means something, especially for teams that have players fighting for roster spots. Dennis Smith Jr. looks like he's trying to stay in the league, and he has a bit of a hunger to him that a lot of players probably wouldn't have at the stage in the season. But Charlotte just won two straight games against Dallas. They've played pretty well lately. Number two defensive rating post-All-Star break. Give me the Hornets' first half money line at plus 250. All right. Um, I have two picks that I really like as my lock. Uh, honorable mention, Nick Richards, double-double as my uh, <laughs> honorable mention for the I didn't for the uh, dog. Yeah, I like that. Uh, all right, for my lock, I am going to go with the Celtics team total over 117 and a half. Um, I mean, we talked about Washington has just really struggled defensively. Again, three-point defense hasn't been there. We know that the Boston Celtics love to jack them up. Um, they should be able to make them here tonight, especially when they're given about 40 to – I think it was 44% uh, are the Wizards allowing from three-point land. So I think they should have an easy time on offense here tonight. Uh, should be at least at a 95 or 100-plus at the end of three quarters if, if again, uh, if what Wizards defense continues to be as bad as it's been over the last five to ten games. So Celtics first half – sorry, full game, team total over 117.5. Uh I was going to go back to the first half over in the Hawks and the uh, Cavs game. I think that we talked about that at 121. Um, everything that Scott mentioned, um, then we'll see some back and forth in this game. This total is continued to climb. I see it all the way up to 239 now at some spots. So first half right now, I see 121, 121 and a half. Uh, it's officially 121 and a half overall on win bet. So first half over there between the Cavs and the Hawks. Uh, for my dog, I'm also in that same game uh, as Scott mentioned. I'm going to go with the first quarter uh, for the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, that number is at plus 180 on the money line for the Charlotte Hornets in the first quarter against the uh, Thunder. We talked about it the last two games against Dallas. They took care of business. I know they're on the road here, but they also took care of business in that first quarter against Dallas where they, I think they scored like 34-plus points against the Mavericks. I think that continues here tonight. Talked about how the Thunders have struggled in the first quarter offensively. This might be a game where um, Thunder pull away, like Scott mentioned in the second half, and SGA and then company take over. But definitely keep an eye on if SGA is playing here tonight. He's officially questionable. But as far as my dog, yeah, first quarter, money line, plus 180, currently over on win bet. Also, again, get down on that first half, sorry, first quarter spread for the Hornets at plus three and a half as well. Uh, all 
All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast for the Tuesday games. Uh, nearly an hour and 45 minutes here, so um, always a great time chopping it up about the NBA. But, Dante, anything else we need to mention, my man, before we get out of here? I don't, man. Fly Pelicans, fly. All right, yeah, we'll see about that. Scott, anything else you need to mention? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Rice Show Radio. Besides that, did a tennis podcast last night. I should be doing one basically every day for the rest of the Miami tournament, so keep your eyes on that. I know later in the week, uh, Terrell and I are going to be doing part one of our two-part pre-draft win totals in the NFL, so keep an eye on that. should be fun to go through, even though we don't exactly know who the quarterback's going to be for a couple of teams, but still. Uh, besides that, though, keep an eye on those podcasts, but I'll be back later in the week, obviously, on this show. Yep, tomorrow, Scott and Terrell. We'll be on the show for the Wednesday games. Yeah, later in the yeah. week, it's tomorrow. My bad. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Yeah, fine. Um, later in the week on Friday as well. There you go. I'll put it that way uh, for <laughs> Scott. Again, yeah, make sure check out the Tennis Gambling Podcast like Scott mentioned. He's uh, absolutely been crushing it uh, on the on the, on the the court there for, for the Tennis Gambling Pod. So definitely check it out there. Uh, make sure to follow Delonte on Twitter at XXLonteXX. Uh, follow me on Twitter at SportsNerd824. More importantly, before you guys get out of here, do us a favor. Hit that smash uh, smash that like button for us. And if you haven't already subscribed to the YouTube channel for the NBA Gambling Podcast, please do so. We're trying to hit at least 1,000 by the end of the playoffs. I know we're getting ever so closer. I think we're around close to 900. So hopefully we can get there by the end of the uh, NBA uh, playoffs. Uh, follow us on Twitter as well at SGPN NBA. And again, if you haven't already left us a rating and review, whether you listen on Apple, Google, or Spotify, please leave us a rating and review. It really helps us grow the show, uh, grow the show and be one of the best NBA pods out there. All right. Like I mentioned, Scott and Terrell will be back tomorrow. Good luck with your bets here tonight. Let's break these books off and let it ride. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Basketball. Give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm going